Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Amen, are and should be thankful for. I believe, amen, that God honors our behavior. I believe that God honors our thought. I believe God that God honors what's in our heart, our activity one with another. Amen? Both seen and unseen, that God honors that which honors Him. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. I believe in the current and the present reward of faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. Faithfulness is a powerful thing in life. Amen. It shows itself in many areas of our lives. Faithfulness to a job over time can really pay off. To stay someplace, to work hard, to be consistent over many years can really position you well. Faithfulness to a healthy lifestyle will most likely increase your lifespan. Faithfulness to your spouse will reward you with a solid and a blessed marriage. Somebody say amen. Amen. Faithfulness is a powerful thing, and the list could go on and on for a very long time when we see the power of faithfulness and its activity in our lives. But there is a faithfulness, I believe, that supersedes all other, and it at the same time simultaneously affects all other. There is nothing that has a more profound effect on our lives than our faithfulness to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I said there's nothing that's going to affect you more profoundly, more powerfully than a faithfulness to the Lord God of heaven and earth. To be faithful to Jesus Christ. Amen. The Savior of our souls. And there are many ways to measure faithfulness to God. And we can look at it from a lot of different angles. Faithfulness in our relationship with God is of the highest value. It's of the greatest import. We can't sneak out on weekends with the devil and think it doesn't matter to God. Did you hear me? Hey, man. We, we, we can't try to go behind God's back and think he doesn't notice. We can't think we can pull one over on the Lord and think somehow he wasn't paying attention. But faithfulness to God is of highest value. The church is referred to in Scripture as the bride a few different times. It's referred to as the bride, and Paul is speaking. And he speaks in Ephesians chapter 5. And this fifth chapter of Ephesians is often used in weddings. It's often used in relationships, talking about marriage. But he speaks here to husbands and wives, and he makes an analogy in Ephesians 5 and 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. Amen. And so we understand the Apostle Paul writing to the church of Ephesus in this fifth chapter. And he's talking about the bride. And he's talking about the relationship between the bride and the groom. But we take into account that the church is referred to as the bride. And we know that the Lord shall return for his bride, we are told. And we are told that God will not lower his standards for us. 
Oh, hallelujah. That God will not lower his standards of what he wants in a bride. He will not lower his standards or his expectations of of what he wants. And I'll just go ahead and say this right now. This is just a, a little side note here. If you're not married yet, don't lower your expectations. If you're, a, if you're a single man looking, uh, looking for a wife, if, if you're a single woman looking for a husband, if, if you're looking for a, 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 a teammate to go with you for the rest of your life, uh, I, I'm just telling you right now, you don't want to lower your expectations. Amen. If somebody tells you that you're setting the bar too high, uh, uh, you just be okay with that. Someone's going to come along uh, who's ordained of God, who's purpose for your life, uh, and they'll be able to meet what you've got and what you want, what you're expecting in life. I wouldn't plan on saying any of that, but that's good preaching right there. Amen. Amen. Because God teaches us that he will not lower his expectations, uh, that he will not lower his standards for us. Uh, His sacrifice on the cross made it possible for our cleansing. Uh, The blood that was shed on Calvary makes it possible for you and I to have forgiveness of sins. uh, And therefore, we can be made clean. Uh, Amen. We can be a blood-washed bride, uh, not having spot, uh, not having wrinkle. Uh, We can be a holy bride, uh, not not in the holiness of ourselves, not in some sort of perfection that we stumble upon in this life, but because the crimson blood, hallelujah, still flows from Calvary's cross, and I can come, and I can repent of my sins, and I can be washed in the blood of Calvary, and I can be made clean. Oh, if you're thankful for that, would you clap your hands unto the Lord? The definition of faithful, loyal, constant, steadfast. These words all have built within the idea of work. Everybody say work. It takes work to be loyal. Amen. It takes work to be constant. Are you thankful for the constants in your life? Amen. We get so wrapped up in the people that are like this. We spend so much time, so much thought, so much energy and emotion tied up into people who are like a roller coaster in their life. They're up one day, they're down the next. They're up one day, they're down the next. Uh, and you know what? Sometimes we have to put up with that nonsense in life because that's just part of life. But we ought to be thankful for the constants in our life. We ought to be thankful for the people that are there all the time. We ought to be people for the, the ones uh, that have a right mind. Uh, the people that talk to us and, and what they say is what they mean uh, and what they do is what they said. I'm thankful for constants in my life. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And so we have uh, this ability to be loyal, to be constant, to be steadfast, but it takes work. Uh, Faithfulness, by definition, cannot be a one-time thing. You can't say, I I was faithful that one time. That's a sentence that doesn't make any sense. You can't be faithful one time. Faithfulness must be ongoing to be faithfulness. It has to be. It is in the daily. It is in the weekly. It is in the yearly expectation that sometimes we realize uh, uh, that that we fall short. Uh, It's in the work uh, that it takes to be faithful that sometimes we can feel like uh, we get a little weary in well-doing and and we can feel like maybe I can't do it anymore and and maybe I I can't keep doing this. And it can apply to all kinds of things in life. Uh, It can apply to getting up tomorrow morning and going back to that job. Uh, It can apply to 
to sitting down and trying to manage those funds again. And it can apply to trying to raise those children up in the way that they should go and trying to do it with a, a righteousness and a biblical mandate. It can apply to your relationship with your spouse. It can apply to your health. It can apply to all kinds of things. And the work of it sometimes kind of tries to get in our face and say, hey man, it's too much work. But I've come to remind somebody tonight that the work is worth it. Faithfulness is worth it. Faithfulness is valuable. Faithfulness is powerful. Oh, hallelujah. Faithfulness is a very, very powerful thing. And it's in the work that it takes to be faithful that we can, we can find and do what needs to be done. But I want you to know tonight, no matter how difficult or challenging we perceive it to be, we will be, and I need you to hear me now. And I want just to ring in our ears for the rest of this week. We will be thankful that we were faithful. Oh, hallelujah. I said there's, there's going to come some days. In fact, uh, 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 there may come a, a million days before the Lord returns uh, where it's going to dawn on you that, that you're thankful that you were faithful. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, man, I, 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 my, my wife and I, we've, we've only been married for, for, for 20 years. And uh, for some of you, that's a long time. And for some of you, that's nothing. Amen. But, but I, I, I hope uh, and I, I believe there's going to come a day, if the Lord would tarry, that we'll be able to look at each other with our gray hair and our old wrinkled skin. Amen. And everything's different than it ever used to be. And we'll be able to look at each other in our hearts. We'll be thankful that we were faithful. Hallelujah. That we'll be thankful that we that we stayed consistent and that, that we persevered and that we kept on going on because I believe there's power in it and there's value in it. And that's something we need to grab a hold of in this life. Matthew 24. Jesus is speaking, and he says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Jesus is asking a question here. He asks the question, and then he answers the question. Blessed is the servant whose, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Jesus says to the, the people around him, he says, Where is the servant that is so faithful that his master trusts him completely? He says, show me a servant that is so faithful that his master trusts him completely. And he gives a couple examples. He says, he completely trusts him to be over the home and to, and to manage the food and to manage the finances. That's what Jesus is saying. He says, show me a servant whose master trusts him so much that he empowers him with that kind of authority. You see, it takes real faithfulness to earn that level of trust. Oh, hallelujah. My, 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 my. See, we struggle with relationships. We struggle with broken relationships. We struggle because people fail us and let us down. We often notice far more times that people let us down than the times we've let others down. We're, we're a lot quicker to point out where other people have failed us and, and, and not so much where we failed others. But we struggle in our society today with broken relationships. The reason why we struggle with broken relationships is because we struggle with trust. Trust is the thing that is severely lacking in our culture today. We don't trust anybody. Amen. 
it always feels like someone's trying to take advantage. Amen? That's why I don't like buying cars. I detest car shopping. People used to tell me that when you were no longer upside down on a vehicle and you didn't still owe money on a vehicle and, and all this, that you'll like car buying because it's not that big of a deal. Well, we finally got to that place. I still don't like it. I would like to walk under, just walk one time under the dealership and just, just feel at peace. Wouldn't that be nice? And, I, and I could, we could name a thousand other things that we go through in our lives, a thousand other instances where it would be nice if there was just complete and total trust. Uh, amen. I would love it. I would love it if I never had to wonder if my government was doing right or wrong. I would love it if I could look at leaders and political leaders and people in authority and just know that they were trustworthy people and, and they had my back and they had my best interests at heart. That would be wonderful, but that's not the society that we live in. That is not the culture that we exist in today. And so because there's such a lack of trust, uh, there, is a, there is a plethora of broken relationships. And Jesus is saying to them, he's saying, listen, uh, show me a servant that is so trustworthy and he's been so faithful that his master has put him over the home and, and put him in charge of the money and put him in charge of the, the food and how it's being taken care of. He's asking, where is that servant at? And then he answers his own question. He says, blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Blessed is the servant that is working when his master's away. And blessed is the servant that's found working when his master comes home. Blessed is the servant that is treating the family honorable when the master is there. And blessed is the servant that treats the family honorable when the master's away. Blessed is the servant. Oh, hallelujah. Hear me, church. God is looking for servants that are trustworthy. He's looking for servants that are faithful. And he's saying, blessed, hallelujah are the servants on Sunday morning and blessed are the servants on Tuesday afternoon who are still serving the Lord who are still living righteously who are still living holy who are still living morally oh hallelujah Blessed is the servant who understands their value who understands their position who understands what's been given to them because of what they have accomplished and because of the trust that is there. And Christ speaks here and he begins this whole, this whole segment of verses in Matthew 24. He's talking about the end of the world and he's talking about the Lord's return for his people and he's trying to get them to understand some principles of it. There, you know, everybody's always looking for a date. Give me a date and a time. Hey Amen. that's such a, a fleshly question to ask. It's such a fleshly thing to say. I want to know the date that Jesus is coming back. I mean, our flesh loves that question because if, if God would ever answer that question, then we could do whatever we wanted until the day before. Right? Anybody ever, anybody ever have parents that uh, trusted you enough to leave you at home for a few days? And, and when they left, did they say, I want this house clean when I get home? Let me ask you a question. Maybe don't answer it out loud. Did you keep that clean, house clean every day that they were gone? Or did you frantically, feverishly grab a garbage bag and start cleaning 
10 minutes before mom and dad. And if you had parents that were kind and merciful, they would call you. Multiple times they would call you. We're going to be home at 2 o'clock. We're going to be home in a couple hours. We're going to be home in 30 minutes. You don't know as a kid, that's called mercy. Because they know what you're doing. They're trying to be merciful. But we don't understand that. Because we don't understand that, because we have done what we wanted to do. And now the pressure is on to try to do what they want us to do. Now, can we just take the analogy as Jesus is making it? Can we just take the understanding illustration? He's saying, look, there's a big difference. There's a big difference between the servant who just, when he finds out that this thing is about to be wrapped up, goes frantically and feverishly running around and tries to make everything right, make everybody happy, tell everybody we got to get on the same page here. Let's all get our story straight. Anytime someone says the words to you, we got to get our story straight, you're in trouble. You've already done messed up, right? We got to get our story straight. You might as well just forget it. Amen. Because uh, uh, your heavenly father is looking not for the one who's going to feverishly and frantically run around and try to get everything right and get everything together so that they can present themselves as being doing what they were supposed to do. But he says, I'm looking for a servant. Oh, hallelujah. I'm looking for a servant that's been consistently and faithfully serving me and living for me and living to please me and living righteously and living holy. I'm looking for a servant that's been doing it the whole time. Amen. So he's speaking of the end of the world. He says, therefore, Matthew 24, 44, therefore be ye also ready. Everybody say, be ready. Be ready. For in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Be ready because when you don't think it's going to happen, it's going to happen. When, when you're not prepared, when you're not planning on it, oh, Hallelujah. It's going to take place. He says, be you also ready. And as an, and as now you think not, the Son of Man cometh. You need to be prepared. He says in verses 38 through 42. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, he says, be ready. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. You're not going to get a heads up. You're not going to get a phone call. There's not going to be a pre-alarm drill that happens. You're not going to know when it's going to take place. And so you need to be ready. You need to live ready. You need to act ready. You need to pray ready. You need to read the Bible ready. You need to go to church ready. You need to go to work ready. You need to be in the home ready. You got to be ready and you got to be prepared and you got to watch. Hallelujah. You got to have your eyes open. You got to have your ears open. you got to have your spirit sensitive to the spirit of the Lord because you've got to be ready. you got to be ready because you know not what hour the Lord has come. It's all to make a singular point. 
that is very powerful. He's making a powerful point here. He's trying to get them to understand that when this day comes, you will be thankful that you were faithful on that day. You will be thankful that you were serving the Lord. You will be thankful that you are living a morally pure life. You will be thankful that you are prioritizing the things of God in your life. You will be thankful that you were faithful unto him. Amen. Some of them that are left behind on that day, on that glorious day, he says, two will be here and one will be taken. Two will be there and another will take it. One from the field, one from grinding at the mill, one standing in the line at work, one at the computer next to you, one at the grocery store store, one in the car beside you at the red light. There might be one that is taken and the other that are left behind. And the ones that are left behind will immediately feel the gut punch of regret. But you, hallelujah, my God, servants of the Lord, you will be filled with thankfulness that you were faithful unto God. You will be immediately overcome with thanksgiving and thankfulness that you were faithful unto God. Oh, if you believe that, clap your hands under the Lord. Imagine, if you can with me, how thankful for being faithful you will feel when you hear Matthew 25, 23, his Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. <laughs> Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Imagine how thankful you're going to be that you were faithful unto the one who could say those words to you. Well done. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Amen. Your, your, your faithfulness at times, amen, may have, may have been through times of misery. You may have remained faithful through times of want. You may have remained faithful through times of despair, times of sickness, times when people turned their back on you, times when you were neglected or abused. You may have remained faithful when you lost a job. You may have remained faithful, amen, when things were struggling in the home, but you remained faithful and there is going to be such a wonderful here thing that comes upon us uh, when we hear him say well done enter into the joy of the Lord we remember tonight we remember that faithfulness is not something we invented or something we perfected but that our God was faithful to us long before we were ever faithful to him we remember tonight, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. He is faithful to establish us. Oh, hallelujah. We have a God who exemplifies faithfulness. We have a Savior who teaches us what faithfulness is. Oh, hallelujah. We've got a King that knows the importance and the power of being faithful. And so he became a servant that he might illustrate for us 
what it means to be a faithful servant. And that same king establishes us. He gives us a foundation. He keeps us secure. He is faithful, the Bible says in this scripture, to keep us from evil, to protect us from the works of the devil. I need to remind somebody here tonight, the only reason why you and I even have the opportunity to be faithful to God is because he was first faithful to us. The only way we can ever even do this is because we have a God who protects us from evil. It's because we have a God that establishes our stronghold. It's because we have a God who both gives us and is our foundation. If I didn't have Jesus, I couldn't be faithful. If I didn't have the Holy Ghost, I couldn't be faithful. If I didn't have the Word, I couldn't be faithful. If I didn't know my King died on the cross for me, I couldn't be faithful. But because He's faithful, Because he's faithful. Because he establishes us. Because he keeps us. Because he protects us. Because he does all of these things. We live in a time of great temptation. We live in a time of great manipulation. But our God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10 says, There hath no temptation taken you but such as common demand. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it in this age of temptation, in this age of manipulation. We have a God, hallelujah, that has already promised us that he can make a way of escape, that we're not going to be overcome, that we don't have to be overburdened, we don't have to be destroyed because he is faithful. That's the reason why we can do it. That's the reason we can live in a sinful world and we can be amongst sin but not partake in sin because we have a God who is faithful to provide us a way of escape. Oh, come on, lift your hands and tell the Lord you're thankful for it tonight. Come on, tell the Lord you're thankful that we have a God, hallelujah, that is faithful. God that is faithful. We are not strong in ourselves. We're strong because God is faithful. We are not wise in ourselves. We're wise because God is faithful. We're not secure in us. (laughs) My security doesn't come from me. Oh, thank God for that. My security doesn't come from me. I get it. Listen to me. I get it. When I talk to people who don't know Jesus and they, and they, tell, and they tell me, they're like, hey, you know, I, I just don't think I can do it. I, I got to give up on it. I, I, I can't make this marriage work. I, I can't help these kids. And they're always looking for escape, trying to get out, trying to run away. I understand. I understand. Because if I didn't have Jesus, oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. If I didn't have Jesus, who was able to make me faithful, who was able to show me how to be faithful, who was able to teach me how to be faithful, who was able to give me the strength and give me the wisdom and give me the endurance. If I didn't have Jesus and myself, I would not have it. In my own ability, it would not exist. But because I've got Jesus, hallelujah, that has given me the ability, given me the protection, given me the provision, given me the answers to the questions I didn't even know were coming. Oh, hallelujah! Because he's leading me and directing me. I can be faithful. Oh, hallelujah. Be faithful. We can be attacked on every side. Fiery darts launched at us daily, but God is faithful. Somebody say, God is faithful. We can be attacked everywhere, but God is faithful. Psalm 91. 
He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, man, he's a faithful God to protect us. I said he's a faithful God to protect us. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says there that his truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. And when you look at that word truth, amen, built into that word truth is faithfulness. His faithfulness is thy shield and thy buckler. His faithfulness is thy shield. That word shield applies to the big shield, the big long shield that they would use to protect themselves from the, the, the arrows and things that were launched at them from afar off. And so when there was an attack of an enemy that came from a long way off, perhaps an attack that was, came from a place they couldn't even see, from over a hill or from behind a wall, when they didn't even know the attack was coming, they got a shield hallelujah that could protect them amen they got a shield that could watch over them but the word buckler the word buckler was their other shield it was a much smaller shield that they wore on their arm and so when they were in close battle and when someone was coming at them with a sword or with a knife they had another shield that could protect them in those moments hallelujah his faithfulness shall be thy shield and thy buckler his faithfulness is going to protect his faithfulness is going to protect us when the enemy comes out from the distance and we didn't even know it was coming some random Tuesday an attack comes our way but I've got a faithful God hallelujah who protects me and keeps me and when I'm in the heat of the battle and the fight is raging all around me and I have nowhere I can turn I still have a faithful God who is right there with me Oh, I wish you'd clap your hands under the Lord for his faithfulness to us, that he teaches us faithfulness. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Without a doubt, without a doubt, you and I should be thankful that our God is faithful. Oh, hallelujah. We should be thankful that our God is faithful. We can never forget what God has done for us. We can never become unthankful because when you become unthankful, you will soon become unfaithful. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. When you become unthankful, you'll become unfaithful. You know who a bad employee is? The one who hates their job, doesn't want to be there, doesn't like anybody there. You don't find a lot of good employees that hate the boss, hate their coworkers, and hate everyone there. You just don't see it. Bad husbands are not thankful for their wives. Bad wives are not thankful for their husbands. Amen. When we become unthankful, 
we become unfaithful. Oh, hallelujah. But we cannot forget what God has done for us because in our constant reminder of his faithfulness, we are in turn faithful. Paul said of his life that God, that life that God used so significantly to impact the world, in fact, that life that is still impacting the world today. Paul said in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 12, and I think Christ Jesus, our Lord, look now, who hath enabled me. Hallelujah. He hath enabled me. You, you know there are people and, and, and things that can enable you to do good, right? In our world today, anytime you hear enabler, it, it's negative. No, they're just enabling them for that bad behavior. They're just enabling them to do things they shouldn't do. They're just enabling them this. You know, you can be a positive enabler. Oh, hallelujah. Just like somebody else can be dragging someone down, you can be lifting someone up. We know that, right? Just like their words are negative and derogatory, you can have words that are positive and loving. We understand that, right? Amen. Then Christ Jesus is once again our example. And the apostle Paul says, I am thankful. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Paul was faithful, and because of that, God used him mightily. Paul was thankful unto God for making him usable in the first place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he wasn't usable until he came to Jesus. Am I right? He wasn't usable until he had his encounter with the Lord. He wasn't usable until he found his place of repentance, until he was baptized in Jesus' name. He was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and he became Paul, a man, and he became a mighty missionary. But he wasn't usable before that, because before that, he was a condemnation against the churches. Before that, he was the authority figure holding the robes while they stoned Stephen to death, and he stood there as a representation that what they were doing, stoning the man of God to death, was okay. Before that, he was the one that was fighting against the church of the living God and pushing a back, pushing back hard against Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God in flesh. But when Paul, hallelujah, had his encounter with the Lord, God enabled him. Hallelujah. God showed him what faithfulness looks like because God is so faithful that even his enemies, hallelujah, and those that hate him and despise him and work against him, he will forgive their sins. He will save their souls and he will put them into the ministry because he's faithful. Apostle Paul was thankful that God used him at all. Are you thankful that God uses you? Maybe I should stay there for a little bit. I got like three yeses. Are you thankful? You say, well, you know, all, all, all I'm doing is this, this, this little ministry over there. Oh, that scares me, friend. That scares me. When I hear somebody called ministry little. 
when somebody said, oh, I'm not really doing much. I'm just, they got me doing this meaningless job over here, and nobody wants to do this. And so I'm, you, it scares me. Because if God gave you any opportunity to do any ministry at all, and you think it's a small thing, all that says to pastor is you've forgotten what the Lord has done for you. All that says to me is you need to be reminded about what God has done for you. Amen. Paul said, I need to remember. I don't ever want to forget who I was. Look what he does here. Look what he says. He says, I, I, I was there, and it was my life, and Jesus enabled me, and he counted me faithful. Amen. Putting me into the ministry, and he was so faithful, and he was so thankful and ready to be faithful. Why? Because he goes on, and he says some things about himself. In verses 13 to 15, he says, who me who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly on belief and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus this is a faithful saying Paul says to Timothy and anyone else that will listen this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief Apostle Paul said, the only way this is going to work, the only way I'm ever going to be able to do anything for God is if I never forget what God has done for me. If I never forget that God was faithful to me long before I was ever faithful to him. Paul was aware of his need to be thankful because he knew who he was. He knew what God gave him instead of what he deserved. So in the end, Paul was very thankful. He was very thankful for God's faithfulness towards him that was illustrative so that then Paul would live out his life as a faithful minister of the gospel, as a faithful child of the king. He would follow the example. He would say to others, follow me as I follow Christ. Do what I do because I'm doing what Jesus did. Right? And he would teach routinely over and over. Whether he taught it with his words or whether he taught it with his pen. Whether he taught it on a boat that was about to sink, whether he taught it from a prison cell, whether he taught it in front of a loud and large mob of people who were trying to kill him, or whether he stood in throne rooms before kings, he taught faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. Oh, hallelujah. And at the end, towards the very end of the Apostle Paul's life, in 2 Timothy 4 and 18, we find some of the final words that he wrote. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Can you hear the confidence in his writing? Can you sense the trust that he has? Can you sense the hope 
that the Apostle Paul lived with? At the end of his days, after going through everything that he went through, accomplishing everything he accomplished, suffering everything that he suffered, he says, the Lord is going to deliver me. God's got it. Everything's going to be all right. He's going to take care of me. He's going to preserve me out of this world and unto his heavenly kingdom. He's confident. He's bold. He's unashamedly in love with his Jesus. He's not afraid to talk about the end of his life because he knows exactly what the next step is. And he says, I'm thankful to be able to do it to him who glory belongs to forever and ever. Amen. Paul was thankful that he was faithful. When he came to the end, he was thankful that he was faithful. Stand with me if you would, please. In just a minute, I'm going to close out this portion of the preaching part of this message. And I pray that God has spoken to us here tonight. And then we're going to gather around the front of this building. All of this wide open space is intentional for you to come and have a time with the Lord to talk, to pray, to repent, to seek Him, to let Him teach you something, to speak some encouragement perhaps in your life, to boost you, strengthen you, and tell you He's got your back. There's all kinds of things that God might do and say to you. So far beyond anything that I've preached or ever could preach, God could do in just moments in an altar. But I promise you, there's going to come a day that if you are faithful to God, you will be thankful. We see the final battle played out for us in the book of Revelation. God destroys Satan. Righteousness overwhelms unrighteousness. Sin is dealt a death blow by the Savior of the world. And Revelation 17 and 14, these shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Oh, hallelujah. They that are with him those that are on the victor's side of victory, those that are still standing because he allows them to stand, those that are still living because he allowed them to live, those, hallelujah, that were not overcome by the evil one, were not destroyed by lies and manipulation or sinfulness. Amen. We are called of God to salvation. Everyone in this place tonight is called of God unto salvation. Called to a place of repentance. Called to a place of baptism where your sins can be washed away. Called to a place of being filled with the power of the gift of the Holy Ghost in your life. The Spirit of the Lord coming into your heart and mind. We are called. Hallelujah. And we are chosen of God. We are chosen to represent him. We are chosen to share this glorious gospel. We are chosen to be counted as ministers. Hallelujah. Because he enables us. We are called and we are chosen. Amen. Those that do this, those that do this, the Bible says, are those that are with him, called, chosen, and faithful. On on that day and on on this day, 
I promise you, we, we, we are, we should be thankful if we are faithful. And on that day, when all of this ends, and we find that we are with him, nobody's going to have to tell us to be thankful. We will just be thankful that we were faithful, that he made it possible for us to be faithful. Lift your hands, if you would, please. And begin to talk to the Lord Jesus Christ in this place right now. I feel the power of an awesome God in this house. I feel the power of an awesome Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.